0: Hello and welcome to the Canadian Story, where we discuss what Canada is, what Canada could be, and what Canada should be. Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of "The Canadian Story. Uh, very honored to have our guest here. Um, looking forward to hearing from Angelo. Uh, but first, Angelo, tell us a little bit about yourself, where we can find you on the Internet or in the podcast space, and just a you know 30-second
1: bio. Well, first, thank you for having me. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Angelo Isidoro. You can find me on Facebook. and uh, I believe Facebook is Angelo Isidoro Public. Um, I'm also on YouTube. I do a lot of work with the post-millennials, so I have a podcast there called Cancel This, where it's all about cancel culture and shenanigans associated with it. Um, and yeah, that's, that's pretty much about it. So... What's, uh, what's your
0: background? What got you into this space of, uh, you know, fighting cancel culture?
1: What, tell, us, tell us your story. Well, a lot of it has to do with my upbringing. I mean, um, so I'm Canadian, but I come from an immigrant family. I grew up in Greece, although I was born here. We moved to Greece when I was pretty young, at seven, I think. And just looking at the political turmoil happening elsewhere in the world, It made me immensely grateful for what Canada is. And when I came back to Canada, I I felt as though there has been a culture brewing that is anti-democratic, that is ideological, that abandons basic Western liberal ideals. And that worried me. Um, That worried me a lot. I mean, look, at a younger age... That's sort of my more developed, mature analysis of it. At a younger age, what I hated about cancel culture, which was really political correctness pre 2015, sure, was that it it just sucks. It's just not a, a <laughs> yeah. lot of fun thing to be around. Nobody <laughs> wants to be around it's, it's, it's someone It's very puritanical. Who is, it's very puritanical. It's very puritanical. And you know, for me, like even at a pretty young age, I've always had sort of a dark sense of humor, and you know, you just notice over time that it's not fun to be around. But really, again, that's pre-2015. Post-2015, we've entered this era now where not only is this sort of a nuisance, but it's like ruining lives now, right? And there's this threat to free speech and free expression in Canada that I think is really significant, that I think sets a precedent that is dangerous and that we're not aware of. As Westerners, I think many immigrants um, would surprise you in their love for free speech. Hong Kongers, for example, Uh, probably some of my favorite people in the whole
0: world. I say to Hong Kong, come to Canada. We'll take every single one of you. (laughs) Like, oh, what a great people! What a majestic nation.
1: Yeah, I'm with you 100%. Like, this is the thing, is that there are there are immigrants that really love freedom. But not to get too off track, that's really how, how it started out for me. I went to university. You know, I joined a free speech club. That's how we started out. We began hosting speakers like Jordan Peterson and eventually Ben Shapiro. And I just got sort of thrown into the cancel culture or the culture wars by proxy of those people. Um, so... I've now become... Uh, well, let's just say you guys might get cancelled for having me on. <laughs> so, you know, uh, come we're uncancelable. We, we
0: at I, us. <laughs> Honestly, to be cancelled would be the best thing that ever happened to us.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it seems to backfire, right? That's the interesting thing with cancel culture is that they keep doing it, but it seems to cause like a Streisand effect because I think a lot of people... Well, not I, I think 90% of the population hates cancel culture. But we're all too afraid to to talk about it, right? I mean, I can tell you I get messages like all the time from people who are like, hey, like I really love what you're doing, or I hate cancel culture, but I'm a professor and I can't talk about it, or I have a job, or I have a business. At some point you sort of realize, like, are we all walking on eggshells for like seven people? <laughs> it really is what's happening. I mean, yeah all of my friends who the cancel
0: culture like friends who have identities that cancel culture claims to protect, right? All all of them, every single one of the ones that I have, not one of them that I have talked to likes cancel culture. And yet and yet yeah. these are supposedly the great victims of of our society who are being protected by cancel culture. No, no, no. Cancel culture is mar- marxism masked
1: as justice. And and in many ways Ethnic minorities will be the first to tell you that because the way they're, they're sort of courted, like I have a friend, I have a, I have a Nigerian friend, for example, who hates cancel culture and has described this mentality of, well, you're oppressed and you have to act like you're oppressed and you need to be angry and you need to be competitive and you need to be an activist and you need to be revolutionary, Right. It is the oppressed versus the oppressors sort of mentality, similar to the haves and have-nots. And I know that many people think that's conspiratorial to say it is Marxism, but I like to simplify it and just say, look, it comes down to the fact that Canada is not that bad of a place to live. In fact, Canada, in my opinion, is the best place to (laughs) live. In the whole world. there's nothing wrong in the whole
2: world. I would... Like I would venture forward the argument that, you know, there are so many people that choose to leave their native countries to come to ours. That alone should be information enough for those of us who are native to this country to realize, you know, we maybe have it good, and we should be thankful for that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's incumbent on us to do that, because, I mean our ancestors fought for the life we have now they they couldn't even conceptualize the fact that i can on my on a phone on a device i can hit buy and have you know some guy bring me <laughs> my starbucks and and i just sit on my yeah, ass all day yeah. like it's just we have it so oh, good we, it's the, so com- unbelievably the comforts good. of it's modern living even, you can't even conceptualize yeah it. you're right you're utterly right and like oh, to give you an idea so like my great grandfather um, was part of the Armenian genocide, the Greco-Armenian genocide that took place in Asia Minor, because I'm originally from Asia Minor. And he had, I mean, he was a not a well-off, but he was a butcher. He was successful. He had, he had a family of nine. He had nine kids wow. and a wife. And half of them were, like, slaughtered in the genocide. The other half, like, some of the daughters were taken as, like, sex slaves, and he basically had to escape to Greece. <sighs> for a better life. Oh. And then, of course, he escapes to Greece, and then uh, World War II happens, and that sucks. And then we have a civil war because the Soviets are interested in Greece. Like, it's just, it's just mayhem in the East. And eventually, I mean, my grandfather lived in the same village that my great-grandfather escaped to, and Greece got bad enough where he said, screw this, I'm going to go to this place where it's completely anonymous to me, but I'm told it's really great. Yeah, yeah. And he came he came to Canada. I mean, originally he actually went to New York and because like this is someone who is like a sheep herder. So he's not right, like right. he doesn't understand like what's what. He came to New York and he thought New York was Vancouver. <laughs> So he was, like, walking around with, like, $3 in his pocket, thinking, this is Vancouver. Okay, I got to go find my cousin who apparently runs a pizza shop. Oh, and we no. in like, New get-go. York. And, and, and it's so incredible when you think of that odyssey. And eventually he made it to Vancouver, <laughs> and he, you know, built up a life and became entrepreneurial. Like, a lot of immigrants are like this, Italians and Greeks and Lebanese people. Like, we're very entrepreneurial. And he built up a life, and it's like, I would not exist were it not for that struggle. So it's incumbent on us to fight, to back. say, "This is an amazing country, and we're going to defend the freedoms of this country, because I know, based on you know family history or just an understanding of history, of how rare it is. Like everything we have is a luxury. It is so rare, yes. that we're living in a time yes. where again. I can, if I don't want to go and buy socks, I can just press a button and someone brings it to me.
0: <laughs> okay, I, and that's dude, great. you're on fire. <laughs> you're on fire. So I want to go d- deeper into this. Everyone I know who's been canceled, who just refused to be canceled, is better off than before they were canceled.
1: Yeah, it, it frees you. It's sort of a freeing thing because... You get canceled. Like, this is what happens when you get canceled, to give you an idea. So I, I, assume, I assume
2: you've been canceled. Yeah, right? why don't you
1: share how you were canceled first? So I was canceled because um, an outlet found a four-year-old picture of me from when I was a teenager putting my index finger on my thumb and giving an okay hand symbol, which, as you now know, was later co-opted and is now considered verboten. yes. It, it, nonetheless, I was accused of being a white supremacist based on that alone. So it, it's, it's the, it's one of the stupidest cancellations, which is unfortunate. <laughs> yes, that's you true. think of like Jordan Peterson giving this big speech in front of people and about Bill C-16 and that's why I got canceled. No, I got canceled because I was a dumb idiot <laughs> who, who I wanted to like imitate Trump because that's where that meme came from, right? Was just imitating his weird hand gestures. So this happens, and you know I'm lucky where I'm in a position where I was already basically sort of in the industry of media and talking about stuff. So like I didn't you know lose my business or anything like that. I lost a few positions because of it. I lost some clients because of it. Um, I lost some quote unquote friends because of it. You basically go into this into this weird sort of bizarre mental state where you're trying to assess the damage. And of course you go on Twitter and on Twitter, it's like, this is the biggest thing yes, that's ever happened. Yes, yes. But then you open your window and you look outside <laughs> and there's like no pitchforks <laughs> anywhere. Yep. And, and you ask people and they're just like, no one cares. So you realize that a lot of uh, like a lot of cancel culture is, is again, perpetuated by like the same seven people who are all friends with each other and it's really powerful right like it's it, i imagine it's a really good feeling for them to basically sit at their desk type something up and c- just take you know, someone out and yeah. it, it's so much power right so of course what i did at that point was you know get counsel from others who have been count- canceled and the number one thing i heard was stay composed use humor don't dignify it and for the love of God, do not apologize. I've
2: heard that before. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Because the thing with apologizing, it's really fascinating. Can you name a single person who has uncancelled themselves by apologizing? No. no. Zero. No. It never happens. What happens, if anything, is when you apologize, they'll step on your neck while you're drowning. Like, it's the worst thing you can do. So that's why I always well, get disappointed you've shown when weakness. I see, like... You've shown I remember weakness. Stockwell Day. Yes. Um, if you remember, Stockwell Day had the gall to say that we live in a country that isn't racist, and it led to like a whole brouhaha, he had to like step down and apologize and everything. And it's like, no, because now you just said you have something to yeah, apologize yeah, for. Exactly, exactly. Because it is tribal. It's, it's tribal warfare, and you're going to end up losing all support. I mean, but it's ramping up so much now. That's why it's an interesting time for me as a commentator. You know, my girlfriend, for example, loves The Bachelor. She loves my watching wife, The Bachelor, <laughs> and now you know, and I have to watch it with her as well. And <laughs> it's painful, right? Um, <laughs> you know, the the host has now been canceled. I don't know if you've heard this. I heard about it, yeah. So basically, what happened was one of the contestants um, went to like a southern party where they're dressed up like as plantation oh, people or whatever. No. And this was in 2018. It was like a frat sort of thing. And the host went on a podcast and he said, well, like we're in this woke culture, like give her an opportunity to, to speak for herself and maybe it's not that big of a deal. And then he ended up getting canceled more than her. He stepped away as the host now. And he said that, he, that he's working with a race educator oh to help my him God. like grow himself. And he apologized and everything. I'm like, his career is done yeah, forever. Right? Forever, <laughs> like he's he's completely done now over something that was nothing. So, it, 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 you should never give in to this stuff. And of course, now my girlfriend's like all red pilled <laughs> because they, they came for the bachelor. <laughs> all right,
0: right, right, it, right.
1: <laughs> right? It, it, it's it's so funny how it happens. But yeah, I mean, look in the Canadian context, you're not allowed to say you know maybe Sir Johnny McDonald wasn't completely bad and maybe we shouldn't tear down statues and decapitate them. No, uh, no, Just a radical idea, and a lot of people get in trouble for it. So it, it, it's funny, like, as someone who's now been cancelled and come out, out the other side, I have nothing to lose now. I'm free. Yes, Yeah. well, I, I've
0: also, I, I don't know if you know, but I've also was cancelled by the National Telegraph. Oh, really? Oh, yes.
1: What for? What well, for?
0: They, they were very vague accusations of... Uh, some of my texts were leaked. Nothing was racist was said in them because I'm not a racist. But uh, they tried to imply that I was a racist, that I was... Basically, it was just a smear job. It was a pure smear job. And I didn't end up getting the job that I had wanted in Ottawa working with the Conservative Party because of that. Basically, they're like, in fact, I wasn't even invited to the victory party that I was the national director of field operations for because there was going to be media there. Like... Talk about cancel culture, right? I didn't get to... I, I ended up showing up later anyway. But uh, I didn't get to celebrate my own victory in a way that I should have been able to. Like, I built I built a lot of that team that got Aaron elected, right? And I didn't get to go to that because of cancel culture. But I tell you, I am so much happier now. Like, I am free. I, I just don't
1: care anymore. Like,
0: no one... What are they going to do? They can't take anything from me anymore.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, you become sort of like an oracle because I've had people come to me now and be like, oh, like this is happening and they're going after me. And I'm just sort of like, I'm like Diogenes and it's living naked in a barrel. (laughs) Like I have nothing to lose so I can just give you my open opinion. (laughs) And, you know, I have to say as much as I dislike the cancel mob, what I really dislike are... People who are like 3% less controversial than me, conservatives, who are like, well, uh, it's not going to happen to me. So we're just going to distance ourselves from that. Yeah. Like oh, everything yeah. you just said yeah. is just, it's so classic and typical of what's wrong with, with our side in, in the sense that I may be a few steps ahead of you in the guillotine line, but you're still, you're, you're, your head's yeah, going to roll. Yeah, like, right? This is if, this like is if tyranny gonna come guys. From me, They're still going to come tyranny. From you. Yeah. <laughs> Right? So it's just, it amazes me that, you know, you have the the whole situation with like Derek Sloan, and like, I'm not like a huge Derek Sloan guy, but it's just, it worries me. That wasn't Um, cancel
0: culture. Derek Sloan, Derek Sloan wasn't cancel culture. Derek Sloan... No, there there are other aspects to that. That that was a rebel that was taken out to the street and said, you're not allowed to be a rebel anymore in the army, right? If you you become a defector in the army, what do they do? They shoot you. That's what happened to Derek Sloan.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And that's the other unfortunate thing, which is that within cancel culture, within our side, quote-unquote, there are people who, I don't want to say, are asking for it, but like, look, am I going to go out in the street... Today and wear a MAGA hat and do an OK hand symbol? Like no, no, I'm not an idiot, <laughs> right? Yeah, like, yeah. but there are people who like get off on oh, that. Yeah. There are people who who want to be well. That's the rebel, right?
0: That's uh, I mean, I, the way I call I call them merchants of rage. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. But, and, and rage totally. is a is a if you can make someone feel rage, you can motivate them towards a lot of things. So like, there there is a market for rage.
1: Yeah, there absolutely is. And and I just wonder, I'm I'm really curious to see what happens if there is a federal election, which, you know, I basically suspect that conservatives are all going to get called racists, and we're all going to turn on each other, and we're going to fragment. And it's just, uh, as much as I dislike the cancel mob, I also dislike People on our side who are more spineless, who are more—those are the people I know, hate most. And I call
0: them. I've just—I've uh, I've started this phrase. You should start using it too. We should all just start using it. We have to
1: save this country from timid men. Timid men. Very well said, actually, because it is timid men. And and when I got canceled, I had like you know the the worst is in private where where someone will say like, hey man, this is BS. It's not true. But like, could you take down that picture you have of me and you from like the conservative convention two years ago? Wow! 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 It's like, why? Why would you even message me to to to, to reassure me that I'm a good guy? You're
0: like, but I just don't want anyone to see us together. Holy
1: crap! Yeah. 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 Well, so that that you know what? No no one's had the guts to do that.
0: No one's had the guts.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I think they know what I would do. (laughs) Yeah. But the thing is, you know what, guys? Like at the end of the day, it's been ramping up. Even in the past month, it's been ramping up so much that I think it's going to get to a point where it's going to cross this invisible line. And the vast majority of the apathetic population that has nine to five jobs and isn't, you know, crazy like me is, you know, it's going to reach a point where they say enough. Like I think everyone's going to get canceled at some point. Yep. Well, basically, they've canceled white
0: men. Like, being a white man is, like, shit, right? So we're all... I don't know what I am, though.
1: (laughs) Do I count? I I don't know. Sometimes they say I'm, like, ethnic. Sometimes they don't. Well, well, Um, the thing
0: is that these are arbitrary definitions. Like, white man is not a universal. Like, the Polish really don't think of themselves as Germans. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. And the Hungarians are definitely not thinking, oh, we're just like the Frenchmen. Like,
1: yeah, like no, it, it's a very, it's a very straight. Well, the fact that we're grouping people into races at all, like the fact that Martin Luther King is t- doing cartwheels in his <laughs> grave oh. right now, by the fact that we're just this is the world now, is segregation, yeah, right? Like, you, literally, you're defined by the
0: things you have no control over now.
1: Yeah, it, 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 it it's is literally racist. racist. <laughs> I've had so many people tell me that. Where they're like, wait, isn't it, isn't, is this not racism to say that, you know, we should have quotas where, you know, Asian people should have a harder time getting into Harvard because they score high on the SATs? Like, is that not, am I, am I taking crazy pills? <laughs> just, am I, that I just, that is literally just in, racism. Yeah, just
2: in case anyone is confused, that is racist. Yeah, it's as simple as that. It's just, that's racist. And it's real. And it's real. That's actually happening at Harvard. And what's strange is that it is, in the mainstream, accepted. And I don't understand why. Because I consider myself a reasonable person. I am not racist. I am for equality amongst everyone. But I think that it should be, in the case of Harvard, the merit of your score on the SAT or how you will perform in a program that should get you into Harvard not the color of your skin I just don't understand the thinking that, that- oh
0: well the thinking is pretty simple like the, well the, uh, the, the thesis behind it is well there are these societal um, well basically it's you that the, your nature is less important th- than your nurture. So uh, basically, from a psychological uh, public policy, bleh, a public policy psychological perspective, if we're looking at the sociological makeup of, the, of how these people think, they don't believe that the individual has very much autonomy or control over their own lives. It it's li- philosophically it's the belief that that they can't actually change things, that society has to change because the individual is not capable of rising above their circumstances. That's, that's essentially the philosophy, right?
2: But we see examples of underprivileged individuals rising above their circumstances all the and, time. And then the,
0: the data argument that they would make to that is, yes, but as an aggregate, they're worse off, right? Sure. So it, that's the argument that they're making. They're saying, look, as an aggregate, these people, Members of our society are doing worse than the general society, and we want to change that. How do we change it? I mean that that is steel Manning. I would say the cancel culture argument, and I think steel Manning is important because the merchants of rage will just straw man argument all day long, and you're not convincing anyone when you do that. But but here's the problem, in my opinion, with the philo- with that philosophy is it actually is racist, right? Because it's like saying to someone, "Well, you." It, it's making someone a victim. So I, I, Islamophobia, I love this one, right? When in the history of the world have Muslims thought of themselves as victims? Never. They are conquerors. They are literally a, a religion of strength. Pure and simple. Their religion is, a, is, their God is strong. He makes them strong. Allah is great. That's literally their, their phrase, right? And now we have these weird liberals telling Muslims that they're these horrible victims
1: that need to be so afraid of the white man. Like, come on. And and by weird liberals, like, this is the, the greatest irony of all is that everyone who pushes this stuff is almost exclusively like white women. Yes. Like white college aged <laughs> women. Like, it's always white people, basically. A great example is Latinx. So, you know, the new. Oh, new yes, term. I've heard He's of it. You know, they want Latinx. Yeah. Yeah. I've asked every single Latino person I know, and they said, if you ever call me that, I'm never talking to you again. <laughs> like, they, they didn't come up. No. So it's just, it's this stuff that percolates on the university campuses where there's no, everything is subjective, everything is postmodern, there is no truth. Like, it, it just, it comes from that idea, and that's how these, these sort of really dark ideas come out. I mean, look, it's important to, to recognize that certain groups have in history been oppressed, right? A lot of the issues that many indigenous people face today may be a result of the fact of, you know, generational issues, residential schools. Like, we have had issues in society that have led to absolutely, certain inequalities. Absolutely, Right? Like, no one is denying that. But the solution to that... Is not to box people in based on their skin color. No, uh, yeah, the solution isn't to treat the. Or basically, the,
0: I I like to say that that in the modern world, victimhood has become the new sainthood, which is a terrible, yes. terrible religion for a society to have. If victim, if your victims are your are your pride and joy, then people will want to be victims. We've basically incentivized self victimization, like thinking of oneself as a victim. We have whole groups of people now that identify themselves based on the thought that they're a victim.
1: Yeah. Well, especially if you look at schooling, like, um, well, I won't say who, but there's the, uh, there's a teacher that I know that teaches uh, high school and he's described what it's like for young kids now who, again, the best thing you can do is not successful or be the best athlete or, or any of that, that that's now it's a race to the bottom. So what what he's noticed, and he's been studying it, is the fact that there is now an attraction to victimhood because you get coddled and, and you get comforted and you basically get told that any mediocrity you have in life is not your fault, it's the system, yes. and we need to destroy yes. the system.
0: Yeah. What, where do you think this hatred of the system comes from? Is it is it that the, I think what it is, this is my theory, is that there's a lot of people who become very bitter with life because they were told as they were growing up that they were going to be successful, you know, and they were going to achieve their, all their dreams. And they could, if they set their mind to something, they they could achieve it. But they didn't learn how to do that, which is, as Zach and I have talked about on podcasts before, just a lot of hard work. It's the only way to success. There's only one path, right? And just, you have to, and and sometimes you get lucky and sometimes you don't, but you just can never quit, right? Um, but I think... Most people, they look at successful people and they're envious of them.
1: I think it's envy. I would agree. I think it is envy because, it, it well, it's bitterness for sure. And the question is, where does bitterness come from? Um, you know, nobody wants to be around people who are bitter. No. Except maybe other bitter people. Yes. Well, they bond over their so, bitterness. And they bond, they bond over their bitterness. And it, it's... Again, it it goes back to this thing where it's worrisome, because I guess they look at baby boomers who, again, to the credit of the bitter people, if I'm going to give them any credit, there is... A small portion of baby boomers who have a certain mentality of, well, you didn't get the job. Well, back in my day, I just marched in that office and I banged my fist on the desk and I said, "Mr. Smith, I may not have an education, but I'm going to get this job and buy that house for two thousand yeah. dollars." And and like that that mentality exists. Like I know a lot of boomers who are like, you know, why don't you just just buy a house? Yeah. It's like you know, so there there is. <laughs> there is like a dissonance there, but the fact is, is that it is a culture of complaining now. Yeah. It's all, Ugh. I'm oppressed, I'm, I'm this, I'm that. And where does that go to? Again, older conservatives have a mentality of, well, the cancel mob are all young people, the oppressed mob are all young people you're going to graduate university and then you're going to go into the real world and you're going to become conservative over time because you're going to realize you need to pull yourself up from your bootstraps. That is not happening anymore. No. Instead of what's happening is they are going into the workforce. They're becoming HR department people. They're changing work culture. Um, they're instilling mandatory gender race theory or, you know, tech classes. They're bringing in Robin D'Angelo to talk about how, you know, there's white fragility. Like, it's not happening that way. They're actually getting bitter over time because they go to university. They get a, a you know, a degree in, like, the philosophy of Marxism, which doesn't have high demand. <laughs> no. So now they're in debt, right? Yep. And they feel cheated yep. because they didn't go into engineering or even become a plumber and make more than <laughs> yes, all of us. Yes, right? exactly. Like, that's the thing is, is I have buddies who, after high school, I went to university and, you know, studied polyscience psychology. They went and became electricians and they have houses now. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, my so, brother,
0: my brother is a heavy duty mechanic
1: and a, a carpenter and he will never want for work all of his life. Yeah. So we're all idiots. Yeah. But anyways, so these people, they get their degrees in philosophy. They're in debt. They're pouring coffee for a living. They're saying, how did this happen? The universities aren't going to tell them that, oh, well, it's our fault for basically scamming you out of a degree. <laughs> right, right. They're going to say it's the system. So, you know, and they're saying we can't move up. We can't make more money. It's like, yeah, there, there is a problem there. But at the same time, again, tradesmen, engineers, doctors, like there are jobs where you make money and you can move up. It's just they don't go into them. So it that's where it all stems from. I think broadly speaking at a more philosophical level, it basically is a Marxist theory, yes, right? Yes. Where it's the haves and have-nots. You are oppressed. You are in your position right now, not because you did certain things or made certain mistakes or or even some things that are out of your control, right? Um, you, you are in your position entirely because of capitalism, entirely because of the patriarchy, entirely because of the oppressive colonial white men right it takes and, it takes
0: the blame off of their mess and, and it, it takes responsibility away which gives a sense of it's like eating fast food right it tastes good you enjoy it you know and it's perfectly crafted to hit all of your taste buds in a certain way right but it's shit right and <laughs> and and the shit is why are we telling people that they should blame anything outside of themselves for their problems. No. The only way the only way to get out of this is take responsibility.
1: Yes, and that's a heavy pill to swallow yeah. for a lot of people. Because yeah. it is a good sell, right? Like, imagine if you were down on your luck and you had a lot of issues, and I told you, you know, uh, look, it's not your fault, it's the system, and they did this to you, and you need to fight them. Like, if we reel back for a second, again, we live in a country where all of us, including the poorest people in this country, are still better off than, like, the richest people 100 years ago, right? Yeah. Like, our our standard of living is so unbelievably high that, again, these people don't have any context. Like, when I grew up in Greece, I grew up on a very secluded island where everyone I grew up with was born and will die there right? and right. will never be able to escape. They're working for a dollar a day and they know, and there is some bitterness in that too. They know that they will never escape, right? They know that, that, that they are destined to be sheep herders. My father's a sheep herder and I'm going to be a sheep herder too, right? right. Like that's, that's all they'll, they'll ever be. And when I came here, I just feel like we're superheroes. Yeah. I feel like we have <laughs> yes. power. We do. We have immense power in the world. We have—if you just have a roof over your head, you're richer than most of the world. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it, it's just incumbent on us to be grateful. Are we perfect? No. Is capitalism perfect? No. But all the other options are horrible. Yes. Horrible. And, and all the rest of the op- go-
0: o- other options are dripping in more blood that could ever be washed away by history.
1: Yeah. I mean, they'll say, oh, but capitalism was colonialism and that has more blood on their hands. Like, again, it, 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 they have sociological definitions that are different from normal society. Right, yeah. But, you know, basically it comes back to that gratefulness. And if you tell them any of this, like, even as an immigrant, I've explained it to people in debates or whatever we're doing, like events, like, they get very emotional. They get very emotional at the prospect That maybe this might be the greatest country ever. Yeah. They hate it. They hate that idea. They hate that idea. And that's really bizarre. Like, if you sit and think about it, it's very bizarre that someone would react negatively to the prospect that they are part and contributing perhaps to the greatest country on earth. Yeah. The most beautiful country. Definitely the The, most prosperous. Yes, it is. It's all those things. So it's it's again. I think you know Hong Kongers are the yes. best example. Yes. Where their freedom? Low. If I could, like, if it were up to me, and I could press a button, let's bring every them all single here. one. No, no, no. Yes, every single one. Please come like tomorrow.
0: Please come.
1: And if they score higher on tests to get into universities, we should just then they score higher on <laughs> yeah. tests to get into universities, and white people are dumber. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know, it it, it it's. It, it just doesn 't make sense to me, the victimhood thing um, and getting offended right like this all goes back to cancel culture again is just the updated version of political correctness, yes, yes. and just getting emotionally invested and emotionally compromised by words oh is oh, but this is the this is the crazy. story of humanity, so like the
0: Protestants and Catholics were just murdering each other for hundreds of years for four, for for four hundred years because of words.
1: Yeah. Right? Yeah. This is it, just it's, hum- it's bizarre to this me. It's the human and I've, story. I sort of articulated it this way where I thought, well, what would I do? Would I feel offended and emotionally angry if someone said and they have, "Oh, you're Greek, so you must be really poor and you must like souvlaki and uh, your economy's bad and you probably have bad credit." Right? right. And I don't feel anything <laughs> to that. And that's not because I'm not proud to be Greek. It's just I'm not going to become emotionally compromised by something. It just doesn't matter at the end of the day.
0: Well, well, Life is only so yeah, long. You
1: don't, don't let people live rent-free
0: in your head. And here's the thing. Yeah.
2: As soon as you allow yourself, as soon as you give in to being offended at something like that, you give your power to other people. And that's not good for you.
1: No, it's not good for you. Well, it, yeah, for your mental health. I mean, look, there's a, a, a Facebook page, for example... That exclusively posts about me, like some antifa page. Like every single day, they'll just like post a picture and be like this f- effing guy and this and that. Like it's just every single day. I'm gonna go like that page. What- I gotta go. to go like that page. And I'll be like, he's oh, a great guy. I'll, I'll send you a link. But but like you know, and I sit and I'll browse through it with my morning coffee that's pr- and that's just like smile that I'm living like. <laughs> Rent free in this guy's head, and but but it's almost like concerning. Like, are you okay? Like, what's going on with you? Why, right? Uh, like, dude's got more time on his hands. Yeah, than like
0: that's that's sad. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, the guy doing it is studying in education as well, which horrifies oh, me. No. The fact that he's going to be like teaching kids. Why does he? Ha- but
0: I guess he just like attached his identity to hating you.
1: That's just what he is. <laughs> <laughs> like that's just like his life and it it it's so bizarre again, and I think it goes back to like this really primal idea, and the internet makes this worse, I think, of just you have to have like a villain,
0: yes, right. Yes. like
1: a lot of these people are very um they have to have like Harry Potter as a reference or something. like they're very black and white, right. and True. to like many people when you're you know not whatever they are. You're Voldemort or you're Darth Vader. Like, the way I was built up when, like, I got canceled by, like, the mob, I was built up like this radical, like, dangerous guy. And it's like, I'm sitting here like a schlubby Greek, you know, in my boxers. I'm like, I'm like the most harmless human being. (laughs) <laughs> but it's but they need they build up like a story. It's like a narrative yes, for them. Right. And they feel like the Rebel Alliance, they feel like they're Harry Potter, you know, like they need to feel like they're the good guys. Yep. Um, it's it's
0: it's it's a religion.
1: Yeah, I I mean the, it is basically a religion. They're very certain of their morality. And, of course, anyone who's so certain of their morality is, like, the last person that should be in charge exactly, of country, Exactly,
0: exactly, right? yes. Mm. Like, if you don't, they're if just
1: you, <laughs> 100%, if I was in charge, everything would be amazing, everything. I'm like, okay, well, you're, like, the, the classic person who would go crazy yes. and be, like, just be zero self-awareness, right? be a tyrant, right?
0: for sure, right? Like, yeah. Uh, so, okay, so it's,
2: for the average Joe for someone who you know either does or doesn't have an online presence i don't really think it matters as someone who has been through cancellation how would you coach an individual one to stand up for what they believe in and to navigate the mob if it comes for them
1: So a few things. Obviously, it depends on the situation. If a mob comes for you through the media, let's say, so let's say the media attacks you, Um, you never apologize. If it's unjust, you never ever apologize. You recognize, and this was important for me, you recognize that their attack on you is not in good faith. Initially, when it happened to me, I thought, well, they must be mistaken. Maybe they don't know the context. Maybe I should email them and here's a statement. I emailed a statement and they're like, Well, we're just not gonna use this and say you declined to be interviewed. Wow. So they said that. You know Which outlet? Yeah. Which outlet? That's postmedia. That's that's post media said that. So that was shocking. And you know, you have to realize if it's happening to you that it is a highly coordinated smear job that is not acting in good faith. So you should you should assume that these people are malevolent. It makes it easier to, to cope with it. Um, you should keep your loved ones close. Um, and this is advice that actually Jordan Peterson gave me, is keep your loved ones close, keep your friends close. Everyone who knows you as a man or as a woman, who know who you are, if they still love you, then people who don't know you are irrelevant. Right, yes. But it's easier to say that than to feel that way. Because when you're on Twitter, you're seeing pictures of yourself and your name and et cetera, et cetera. You have to realize that online social media is not reality. In fact, especially Twitter is such a small percentage of the population. And of that population is basically people who, you know, the people who are activists who aren't all there. I mean, one of the biggest guys who's coming after me I found out is, like, basically a drug dealer who <laughs> runs one of the tent cities here. So, like, these aren't, like, high up, no, like, no. high stock people. Some of them may be. I mean, the mayor of Vancouver came after me right over right. over my cancellation. Wow. So that's annoying. But to <laughs> that, you basically just give a big middle finger. Yeah. Um, be public, be loud, be proud. If there is a legal option, take it. Um, and understand that they want you to apologize. They want you to cower. They want you to bend the knee. Because if you do that, if you apologize, you embolden them. That means with just sitting and typing shit, they... Sorry, I don't know if I'm allowed to it's swear. Yeah, so you are. Yeah they, yeah. they have ruined your life just by sitting and typing, which means they're going to do it again and again and again. So you never, ever apologize if it happens to you. You assess the damage off of social media... And you understand that these people are acting in bad faith. They're not good people. Some of them aren't all there. Some of them have been paid off. Some, there's lots of different things. Like you've, you have mentioned, you've been through mm-hmm. it. You can tell that it's not, this was not a journalist who was acting in good faith who no. would want to do an investigation. No. It was just a smear job. So it's the current reality we live in. Don't disappear is another one. Because that's what they want. They want you to go away and disappear. They're afraid of you. Yes, it comes out of fear. Yes. So, well, I have a a message
0: for uh, because I know they're going to come. They're going to. Your your horde of enemies will listen to this podcast, and I, I. The message is very simple. You can't cancel someone who's already been canceled. It's done, right? You you you've blown your load, and we're still here. I may be covered, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but I'm but still here. But you're still here. here. Still alive. Dude, I really love, I, I never, I didn't even know that you've been canceled. I, I'm sorry that I, like, like you said, the world is so big, right? Uh, that, uh, but, but hearing your story, this might be my new favorite podcast, like episode. Like, wow. Um, this is uh, awesome. And uh, yeah, Yeah. so I really, really appreciate you coming on. I guess for the last five minutes or whatever, um, how do we, what's the path forward? We've spent a lot of time criticizing something I think is honestly the disease of our time, like the mental virus of our time. How do we get out of it?
1: I think we need to collectively as a society become more vocal. Because again, you know, I said this in the beginning, I feel like 90% of people... Well, I'll get even more scientific. We know from the Cato Institute, um, 60% of Americans are afraid to share their opinions. And to me, that says 60% of Americans have opinions with which the tiny minority establishment woke mob doesn't like. So what people need to understand is that, unfortunately, we're entering a period where you're no longer allowed to just be... Joe Blow, who's apathetic to politics but still enjoys watching, you know, your stuff or Ben Shapiro or Jordan Peterson, like, you're not, th- not going to be allowed to do that at some point. Right. If you're someone who, you know, loves Dr. Seuss books, well, that's been taken away from <laughs> you now. If you're, it, like, if you look at this, this is how it started. The culture where we're in began with Gamergate. Yes. Where yes. gamers who are apathetic to politics and everything, they don't care about it, it came to them. Right? And they were forced to become you know, whatever they became. The same thing happened with sports. All my buddies who are like, I don't like your political stuff. I'm just a sports guy came to sports. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yep. And, now, and now the ladies are in it with this bachelor right. nonsense. Yes, it, yes. <laughs> uh, like, I'm not they're, saying they're, the bachelor they've gone encapsulates too far. everything. They've gone too womanhood. far. Yeah. So it, it, eventually everyone's going to be forced to get involved. What does get involved mean? It means just call it out for being BS. Yeah. If you all call it out for being BS and laugh at it... They have no power. They just lose, they lose their all power. their power. The emperor has no clothes, people. <laughs> exactly. The curtain is pulled and it's just, you know, the Wizard of Oz is not what you no. think it is. It's uh, it's it's one big blowfish strategy <laughs> and uh, it's time we pop yeah, it. Let's, so. let's pop
0: it let's go <laughs> <laughs> all right well thank you sir uh, we, we gotta get on our next call here, but uh, really appreciated having you. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Thank you for listening to the Canadian story. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at the CAD Story. That's the C A D story. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it with your friends and family. Let's work together to remind Canadians how great their country is.